Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recap Season 2, where we are recapping all episodes of The Golden Girls. Today, we are on Season 1, Episode 17, Nice and Easy. This episode originally aired February 1st of 1986. So what other interesting historical events occurred on February 1st? Well, in 1790... The United States Supreme Court convenes for the first time. In 1809, Dutch King Louis Napoleon implements the metric system. In 1865, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is ratified, abolishing slavery. In 1884, the first volume of the Oxford English Dictionary is published. In 1893, Thomas Edison completes the construction of the world's first movie studio in West Orange, New Jersey. In 1898, the first auto insurance policy in the United States is issued by Travelers Insurance Company. In 1906, the first federal prison in the United States is finished in Leavenworth, Kansas. In 1918, Russia adopts the Gregorian calendar, and declares the date to be February 14th. Uh, in 1920, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, or the Mounties, are formed. In 1949, RCA releases the first 45 RPM 7-inch single, the song Pee-wee the Piccolo. All right, 1972, the first handheld scientific calculator is introduced to the market for the low, low price of 395 U.S. dollars. In 1975, Otis Francis Tabler is the first openly gay man to gain security clearance to work for the United States Department of Defense. In 1991, South African President F.W. de Klerk announces the planned repeal of all apartheid laws. In 1996, the Communications Decency Act is passed by U.S. Congress. Now, I could explain a lot about what this is, but the short version, uh, this is the reason why whenever you go to a porn site, it asks you if you're over 18, you have to hit yes. That's what this law, is. that's the short, short version of this, what this law is. Um, 2005, Canada introduces the Civil Marriage Act, thereby making Canada the fourth country at the time to legally recognize same-sex marriages. In 2009, Johanna, I apologize deeply to the country of Iceland, Johanna Sigurdardottir is elected, uh, becoming both the first female prime minister of Iceland and the first openly gay head of government in the modern world. In 2018, the Indian government announces a plan to give 500 million citizens free health care. In our most recent event in 2019, quite recently here, February, February 1st of this year, uh, the Australian Bureau of Meteorology announces that January 2019 was the hottest month in the recorded history of Australia. Wow. All right. So what happens in this episode of The Golden Girls? A short plot summary. 
follows. <clears throat> Sophia is sitting on the couch. She's putting cotton balls between her toes, and Blanche comes in and asks, what is she doing? Sophia replies that she is painting numbers on her toes as she keeps forgetting their names. Blanche says that Lucy will be there at any minute. Lucy is apparently Blanche's niece. So we get some small talk. Dorothy comes in from the kitchen saying she saw a rat in the kitchen. Oh my gosh. Rose enters from the kitchen saying it wasn't a rat. It was a cute little mouse. Uh, we learned that a mouse saved Rose's life once. It was Larry the mouse and would walk to school every day with Rose on a little leash that she made out of kite string. Uh, Larry stopped one day right before this big bridge and the bridge was washed out. It was washed away as a dam had broken upstream. Oh my, what a story, saved Rose's life. Doorbell rings and Blanche answers it. It is Lucy. Introductions all around. We learn that Lucy met a doctor on the plane and she is to meet him in a half hour. Dorothy sees the resemblance to Blanche. <laughs> uh, more small talk. Next scene, Dorothy enters the kitchen and says he is back. Yeah, the rat is back. And she saw him running across her dresser. Rose wants to know who is back, and Dorothy says, Oh, Jay Simpson. Uh, we get some small talk. And Rose will talk to the mouse. The mouse will listen to her. They always do. She must be the mouse whisperer. Blanche enters the kitchen and exclaims that Lucy did not come home last night. Rose says Lucy will be fine. What is the worst that can happen to a 20-year-old girl in Miami? Oh, boy. Lucy comes in the kitchen and she is exhausted. Only Blanche could understand what happened. Lucy is in love. Uh, so we think it's with the doctor, but uh, he took Lucy on his boat for a midnight cruise. It was so incredible. She didn't get any sleep and she has an interview later that day. Lucy exits the kitchen. Dorothy gives us a reference to Dogpatch. It might be the city that Lucy is from, I'm not sure. We get some, some small talk among the three main girls and then Sophia enters the kitchen and Rose asks her if she thinks it's right for a girl to sleep with a man on their first date. And Sophia says, it is a sin. Uh, next scene is on the lanai. Uh, if I get back to it. It is on the lanai and Sophia and Dorothy are playing checkers. And apparently Sophia is cheating, of course. Lucy enters and Dorothy wonders how the interview went. It went great. But Lucy has another date for the night, this time with Michael from the university. He just interviewed her. He is not the doctor. Blanche enters and wants to know how the interview went. We learn that Lucy is going to the Bahamas with Michael. Blanche thought it was going to be the doctor as she didn't know about Michael yet. But Sophia puts it simply, the girl's a slut. Oh, we get small talk. Finally, Sophia says she knew a girl like Lucy in Sicily. She slept with every Tom, Dick, and Vito in the village. Finally, the women in the village confronted her and asked her why would she do such a thing. And she replied, what else is there to do in this godforsaken village? Ah. Uh, Next scene, we see Lucy and a tall man enter the front door. And the living room is very dark. 
They turn on the lights and Blanche is laying on the couch. Apparently she was sleeping. She fell asleep reading. The guy's name is Ed. And Lucy was just stopping by to pick up a few things. He is Ed Collins, Miami Vice. She just met Ed at the airport. Ed arrested Michael for transporting marijuana from the islands. Blanche grounds Lucy, but Lucy is 20 years old and she leaves with Ed. Yes. So if Blanche was reading on the couch and it was dark in there, what, how was she reading? I'm not sure. Next scene is in the kitchen with Blanche, Dorothy, and Rose sitting at the table discussing Lucy and her newfound freedom. Dorothy thinks Lucy is going through her rebellious stage. Rose had pulled some real stunts when she went through her rebellious stage. She climbed out her bedroom window. She stole her father's truck to drive to a bar in the city to meet with, with Clee Clell Leitner. He was the cutest boy at their high school and the only sophomore old enough to get into a bar. Rose sat in the truck for hours thinking, what is a simple Protestant farm girl doing in the parking lot of a gin mill in a flashy, fast-paced city like Tyler's Landing? Uh, she finally got out of the truck and marched up to the door and ran right into Reverend McKenzie uh, coming out of the bar on the arm of Millie Beasley, the wife of Emmett Beasley, the town's most decorated war hero. Emmett received three purple hearts, all for head wounds. The Reverend made a deal with Rose. Neither should tell on the other. But the Reverend only lived for two more days as Emmett found Millie and the Reverend skinny dipping in the church's fountain, and he shot them both. A week later, Rose's family became Lutherans. Ah, so Blanche says this was not a rebellious stage story. It was a changing religion story. So Blanche has a rebellious stage story. When she was 15, she dropped out of school for a month to become a magician's assistant. Then when she was 16, she ran off with a gas station attendant that was twice her age to get married in Mexico. And at age 17, she hitchhiked to New York and for two months was a rockette under an assumed name. There's more small talk and Blanche decides she is going after Lucy. As the girls are leaving, we get more information about the mouse. Yeah, next scene, we must be at Ed's place and he is telling Lucy about the Miami Vice television show and that he prefers Tubbs to Crockett. Lucy has never seen the show. We get a knock at the door. It is Blanche, Rose, and Dorothy. Blanche wants to talk to Lucy in private, so Blanche and Lucy go to Ed's bedroom while we stay in the living room and learn that Rose loves the Miami Vice TV show. And of course, Ed does too. Now we're in Ed's bedroom and Lucy is stating that she is a grown woman and she can live her life any way she wants to. Lucy thinks it's quite the thing that Blanche is telling Lucy that she is available. Uh, available and that it is what is pleasing to the men um, as Blanche, <laughs> do you know what in the world you're saying? Okay, at this let me point? start that over again. Okay, we're what's in, in that cup? We're in Ed's bedroom, and Lucy. Jeez. Okay, let me start over. Uh, we're in Ed's bedroom. <laughs> now I'm gonna laugh through this. Uh -huh. Okay, Ed's bedroom, and Lucy is stating that she is a grown woman, 
and she can live her life any way she wants to. That's pretty simple. So Lucy thinks it is quite the thing that Blanche is telling Lucy that she is available, and that is what is... <laughs> what? Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. Being available is what is pleasing to the man, to the men, as Blanche hasn't actually been a saint, and we know that. The difference is that when Blanche is with a man, it is because she likes the man and not because she wants the man to like her. That is what Lucy is doing. Blanche and Lucy talk more, and I'm through with that paragraph. Thank goodness, huh? Out in Ed's living room, Ed is asking Rose some Miami Vice questions, and she knows all the answers. So much so that Ed comments that he has never met anyone so smart. Wow. Blanche and Lucy enter the room and say it's time for them all to go home. So Lucy has had some sense knocked into her, apparently. Poor Ed has just put popcorn in the microwave. Ed asks if he can call sometime. Lucy thinks it is her that he wants, but it isn't. He wants to call Rose. On Tuesday, him and his buddies are going through Don Johnson's trash and wants to take Rose. And Rose says, I, I don't think so. Next scene, we're in the kitchen, and we see the mouse scampering across the floor. Dorothy enters from the laundry room area with a broom in her hands and tries to trap the rat. She finally agrees to herself that it is a mouse. She talks to the mouse for a while, then finally decides to put it out of its misery. Then she says she has never killed another living uh, thing in her entire life and can't do it now. But... She has killed bugs, and they don't count. Dorothy wants the mouse to leave through the hole in the floor under the sink. Rose comes into the kitchen right then, and the mouse does leave through that hole. Rose is excited that Dorothy has the gift, and they talk a little bit more. So the last scene, finally, we're in the living room at the front door. Blanche and Sophia are saying goodbye to Lucy. Dorothy and Rose enter from the kitchen and say their goodbyes. Lucy was a different woman this last week. We then have some good small talk with the four girls to close out this episode. Well, we had a few cultural references. Uh, O.J. Simpson is a football player and likely murderer. Uh, then Miami Vice, which is a television show. Uh, then they bring up Our Town, which is a play. Uh, originally debuted in 1938, is a meta-theatrical three-act play written by Thornton Wilder. Tells the story of the fictional American small town of Grover's Corners, set between the years of 1901 and 1913. Stories told through the everyday lives of its citizens. Throughout, though, Wilder uses meta-theatrical devices, such as setting the play in the actual theater where it's being performed. Uh, the main character is the stage manager of the theater, who directly addresses the audience, brings in guest lecturers, fields questions from the audience, and fills in playing some of the roles of the play as well. It's performed without a set on pretty much an empty stage, and with only a few exceptions, the actors mime all of their actions without the use of props. Uh, Our Town was first performed at MacArthur Theater in Princeton, New Jersey in 1938. It later went on to great success on Broadway and won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama. It remains wildly popular today, and revivals of the play are frequent. Okay. So that's Our Town. Uh, they bring up Sonny Cricket. Who I am, Crockett. 
Oh. Sonny Crockett. Oh, that would probably help, because my note here is I have no idea what this is referencing. The only thing Google returns is the character Rickety Cricket from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So Sonny Crockett from okay. Miami Vice. Who's, that's from Miami Vice? Yes, he's okay. one of the characters. Uh, and they bring up Tubbs, which is a snowshoe brand, so I don't know why they brought that up either. Tubbs is another um, character on Miami Vice. They're the two uh, main characters on Miami Vice. Okay. Well, that would explain a lot of my confusion here. I guess so. Uh, Rocket and Tubbs. Okay. And then Don Johnson, uh, who is a actor, producer, director, singer, and songwriter, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he was very popular. Uh-huh. Uh, he played the role of James Crockett in the 80s show Miami Vice. James Sonny Crockett. And all this just says James Crockett, but okay. Uh, for which he won a Golden Globe. Yes. What? He was very popular. Okay. I mean, I know the Globes are usually pretty terrible, but no, that's a different show. Anywho, um, he also <laughs> had the eponymous lead role in the 90s cop series Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges, yes. And has received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes. He also was the American Power Boat Association's 1988 World Champion of the Offshore Power Boat World Cup. Mm, yes. So that's Don Johnson. He was very popular, yes. I guess. Um, I have two notes, two fashion notes. Um, Lucy's yellow shirt, I think this is to open the episode... Bold choice, bold look, uh, and then Ed's apartment. Oh my, um, it's a disaster. Yes, I mean it's it's a mess. Yes, it's it is disturbing. It's quite like frankly, advice, yes, it is a disturbingly decorated apartment and bedroom set. Absolutely disturbing and disgusting look here. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> so we have two side characters. Lucy, uh, who is best known, according to IMDb, is best known to television viewers for her role as Joe McGuire, Lizzie's mom on Disney's Lizzie McGuire. Mm -hmm. She was named one of the 10 best TV moms of all time by CNN. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. She's also in Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, she plays Lal, I believe is how that's pronounced. Lal, Lol, uh, on Next Gen for uh, that's one episode appearance. So okay, um, she was well. She was in well. It was an uncredited role in Fast Times at Richmond High, uh, and that's really about it. Uh, that big one, yeah, is uh, would be her Lizzie McGuire role there. Uh, since then, she hasn't done too much. Uh, she's in a film coming out later this year called The Last Champion. Uh, so if you enjoyed her acting in this episode or in Lizzie McGuire, I guess you could go check that out. And then Ed Collins is played by Ken Stovitz, uh, who has not acted. He has one acting credit after this episode. Came out in the same year, 1986. He has not done any acting since 1986. 
He has been working at, mostly as a producer for some stuff. I don't really know. Anyway, so he's switched over to uh, production. His other credit in the year 1986, uh, he plays Mike in Blue Velvet. So just for your reference, um, that's a great, great David Lynch film. Okay. <laughs> but he plays Mike in Blue Velvet. Uh, but since then, yeah, he's mostly been doing production work uh, for Will Smith things. He was in, he produced Seven Pounds, which is a Will Smith, a terrible, terrible Will Smith movie. And uh, the uh, Karate Kid remake with Jaden Smith. He was the producer for that as well. Um, so that's what he's been up to. Uh, as far as I could tell, no new sex partners established uh, for any of our main cast that we're keeping track of. So our tallies stand Blanche 8, Dorothy 4, Rose 4, Sophia still 1. Uh, we learned in this episode from a continuity standpoint, Rose apparently can talk to animals. I have a lot of additional notes for this episode. So firstly, um, going back to the mouse story with Rose that she had on the leash. Yes. How weak is she, or how heavy was this mouse that she could not move it? <laughs> when it stopped for the bridge? She, yeah. Uh, she, uh, maybe she didn't want to cut its throat with the kite string. I, don't I, know. I guess. Okay. I'm guessing the mouse led her. Okay, I guess. That is probably a good idea. <laughs> um, next question. Uh, Lucy states that Blanche apparently gave her this great old wisdom, this old southern wisdom. If you got a stallion eating oats out your hand, you best close the gate for you give him the sugar. Yes. What? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, so if you got him eating oats, I get this part. Okay, so kind of plain, boring food. Sure, yes. okay. So I guess you best close the gate so that they don't, like, run away before you give them the good stuff, uh, I guess. Before you give them sugar, yeah. I guess that's what that would mean. Okay. Um, so that's those are my only questions. Um, <laughs> uh, so I enjoyed uh, Lucy's plot in this episode. Uh, it's a, I found it to be a rather relatable plot that Lucy goes on here in this episode. Uh, you know, the, the appeal, uh, you know, her story in this episode is very much, you know, one of those people where like, they go on vacation and they immediately hop on Grindr, Tinder, or whatever, and just go, ooh, let me check out all the hot new people in this city that who I don't know, presumably, and probably will never see again. Let's see who's here for some casual sex at the moment, you know. It's one of those things, so yes. cool. Um, and also... I quite enjoyed that discussion that Blanche had with Lucy that you so eloquently described to us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that Blanche surmises that being promiscuous is acceptable only when you are being with people you like rather than attempting to get people to like you by having sex with them. Throughout this show so far, Blanche has really been the moral center so far throughout the series run to this point, I would say. Uh, and then lastly... Back to Ed. Uh, this is not about his very, very sad apartment. Um, but, you know, he's, seen, he's one of those types who's super obsessed with one thing, only cares to talk about it. You, you know the, the guys here that, we're, that I'm discussing here. For him, 
It's apparently Miami Vice. Typically, you'll see this with mostly Star Wars or Star Trek. Uh, you'll see it more and more now with like Game of Thrones is a big one now, uh, or Lord of the Rings is sort of in this park, or the big one, of course, is just uh, Japanese anime in general you'll get. Um, so I just noted that as I found that to be a odd choice to use this kind of an archetype for. I guess they kind of had to make him like, okay, we can't do like he's super into Star Trek because we had to make this feasible that Lucy would be into him. So, okay, so he's got to be like a cop. What would cops be into? Oh, a cop show about oh the same unit that they work Oh, that's it. That must have been the discussion in the writer's room. Yeah. Uh, so, the writer's room, the, the studio, the one writer was working in at their home, probably. Uh, but I found that to be an interesting obsession decision for the girls to take here for the show to take uh well i didn't find it that difficult to believe that as i see miami vice was on tv from 1984 to 1989 well so i mean miami sure. vice was a big show uh well see that that's where you get you know where my not great knowledge of certain things comes in of I would never assume that was a show that was wildly popular. I mean, it was wildly popular. Don Johnson was wildly popular. See, I mean, I think it'd be like, uh, oh, this is like NCIS, where yeah. like everyone under like 40 is like, how is this still on the air? Who and, uh, watches this show? If I'm not mistaken, I think it was uh, Don Johnson. It, might be, it had to be Don Johnson. I actually had a pet alligator. In the show. Okay. Um, so what what were we doing, 80s? What were we doing? So this guy being a Miami Vice nut, nah, that seems very... It struck me as odd. I mean, 30 years later, sure. I mean... <laughs> it struck me as slightly of odd. Of course it would. But we'll get more into that with like some of the season two plots where like I am confounded... Why is this so exciting? So exciting. When we get to the Burt Reynolds episode, ah. my general confoundedness at why are they so yes. pumped for this? Ah, my observations on this one. Um, boy, I'm wondering if I just cut and paste from the previous one and didn't change this because probably no. My actual, actual kitchen observations are the exact same as. Oh. The last episode, so I am going to skip over those. Mm. Counts for this one, I, there was one Sicily-Italian reference, and there was one game played, checkers. So my total counts, there's two weddings, planned weddings, two physical abuses a row, zero St. Olaf stories, oh, zero cheesecakes eating. Hold on, just because she doesn't specifically mention it, I think that mouse should be a St. Olaf story, even though she doesn't specifically mention St. Olaf. She doesn't say St. Olaf. I think that so. should count. You do. I do. Where else was it supposed to take place? Chicago? Could Green well. Bay? It's hard to say where. I mean, it could have been at Tyler's Landing. Or, hmm. I don't... It's, we still don't even know she's from St. Olaf. So, no. unfortunately, I can't... I couldn't count it as a St. Olaf story because we don't even know she's from St. Olaf still. Okay, then. Uh, no cheesecakes eating. No... Oh, wait. Or I did those. Girls mad at each other. Zero. No sports. One game in this one. Check it. Oh, I'm doing totals now. Sorry. 
Uh, zero. My total counts. Let's start. What is over. in that cup? Let's start over with. I'm concerned now. What is in this cup over here? You threw me off by interrupting. Okay, my total counts. Two weddings, planned weddings. Two physical abuses of Rose. See, I'm back on track here. Zero St. Olaf stories. Zero cheesecakes eaten. One Sicily Italian story. There's been four Sicily Italian references. Uh, one time the girls were mad at each other and not best friends. Eight different sports. Uh, six games now. And two Stanley appearances. Um, my rating for this, we, we get back on track with this funny episode. This was a good episode. Back on track after the last two were not that great for me. Uh, gave us a 73 out of 100. Uh, well, that will do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.